0: developing your understanding and awareness of leadership. I'm Steve Rush, and I'm your host today. I'm the author of Leadership Cake. I'm a transformation consultant and leadership coach, and can't wait to start sharing all things leadership with you. Ryan Gottfridson is our special guest on the show today. He's a mental success coach and cutting-edge leadership consultant. He's also author, trainer, and researcher, and recently written the best-selling book, Success Mindsets. Before we get a chance to speak with Ryan, it's a Leadership Hacker News. In 1962, John F. Kennedy gave his famous, We Choose to Go to the Moon speech, and in just 2,503 days, Neil Armstrong and pilot Buzz Aldrin stepped onto the moon. It was indeed a small step for man and a giant leap for mankind, but the entire world celebrated the moon landing. And ironically, if you think about the way that we evolved, we put a man on the moon 13 years before we put wheels on luggage. What's the reason for that? Well, mindsets and the best minds in the world were focused on putting that man on the moon and not making normal travel a bit easier. So mindsets was a massive driver. Most would say, to be a great leader, you need to have a great mindset, right? But when it comes to investment in leadership, it's estimated that organizations worldwide will spend roughly about $350 to $400 million. But research by Brandon Hall Group found that 75% of that spend was rated by those organizations as not very effective. So how come? Well, it turns out that very few will focus on mindsets as part of the overall development of leadership. So does mindset contribute to the bottom line results as well as the behaviors of those at the organizations? Grojo is a company that highlights and predicts the fastest growing 10,000 companies across the planet. This includes existing companies as well as startups. One organization has always demonstrated the right mindset from the get go is a company called Let's Get Checked and it's number one on the list. Peter Foley, their CEO and founder started the company in 2015. He was inspired to start the business after suffering testicular cancer at the age of 16 following a rugby accident which went undiagnosed for a long period of time. It was this experience that led him on this journey to create home testing kits in the world of medicine. Mindset has been a massive driver for Peter and mindset has been a massive driver for the way that they do things. Now if you're thinking they are only successful because of the coronavirus, that's your mindset talking by the way, you'd be wrong. Their business started in 2015, but also had a product that they could pivot when the opportunity presented itself. So having the mindset that was allowing that thinking was key critical to their success now. When asked, Peter said, mindset is at the heart of our success. And that's been the Leadership Hacker News. If you have any news, insights, or share anything with our listeners, please get in touch. Joining me on the show today is Ryan Godfredson. He's a mental success coach, a cutting-edge leadership consultant and researcher, He's also the author of the best-selling book, Success Mindsets. Ryan, welcome to the show. Steve, thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. So mindset is... is a part of all of our lives and our work. So, I'm really excited to get inside some of your research, some of your thinking, some of your work. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the subject and what it is you're doing at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate you asking. And let me even preface this by saying I think that most people, when we start talking about mindsets, are like, "Oh, this is this fluffy concept that's dealing with our state of mind." And that's how I used to see mindsets. And what I've now found is I've kind of dove into the academic research on mindsets and even the neuroscience on mindsets that our mindsets are truly the most foundational aspect about ourselves. And, and so as I mentioned, is I originally didn't think this way about mindsets. How I came upon mindsets was when I did my dissertation when I was at Indiana University, I did that on leadership. And this allowed me the opportunity to look back the last 70 years of leadership research. And what I found is that the primary focus of all of this research has been around answering the question, what do leaders need to do to be effective? And I think it's a really important question to answer, but also at the same time, it feels a little short-sighted to me because I don't know about you, but I think of leadership as being less about doing the right things, and so much more about being a certain type of person, being somebody that other people want to follow. And so my focus for the last seven years is how do we tap into this being element of leadership? And everything's led me to mindsets because they are so foundational to everything that we do. And I suspect in the last 70 years, there's been a massive shift
0: from what was once acceptable framing and mindset to what we're experiencing today, right?
1: Mindsets is relatively new. So in terms of leadership research, the language really hasn't changed. I mean, we 70 years ago in the 1950s, we were identifying the same leadership behaviors that are important as we are today. And we're just calling them different things. So, so we might say transformational leadership or a responsible leadership. Well, those... Aspects of those forms of leadership were identified back in the 1950s. So I think it should lead us to think, why haven't we gotten more effective at developing leaders? And I think the reason why we haven't gotten more effective is most leadership development programs overlook mindsets. In fact, I just did a pretty big data collection where I surveyed 150 organizations and what I found is only 12% of these organizations focus on mindsets when they develop their leaders. Wow. And when they don't focus on mindsets, they're only, they say that they're effective at developing their leaders only one third of the time. When they do focus on mindsets, they say that they're effective at developing their leaders two thirds of the time. So it's double the effect if they focus on mindsets.
0: That's really interesting data, too, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Fascinating. I mean, it's great stuff for me being a a promoter of mindset.
0: And I wonder how much of that, ironically, is due to the mindsets of the people leading the organization, right?
1: (laughs) No. Yeah. And you're so right, because when we start talking about mindsets and and we want to focus on mindsets and organizations, what that is suggesting is that we have learned... That in order to be effective leaders, we've got to deepen our self-awareness, and that's the first place that we need to start. So we shouldn't start with "here's all the things that you you need to do to be effective." It's let's dive into ourselves, identify our mindsets, identify our fears and in our and our insecurities that are holding us back, and let's address those before we start focusing on the doing, because. We could, we could focus on the doing all day long. But if our prevailing negative mindsets are still there, those negative mindsets are going to resist any of the changes that our organization might be trying to make within us.
0: Got it. So having done extensive research and continue to do research and transferring that into your consultancy world, what, what kind of things are you working on right now with individuals and organizations?
1: Great question. The thing that I've been doing is I've developed an exercise that helps people awaken to their mindset. So here's the thing that we need to understand about mindsets is our mindsets are things that most of us aren't conscious of, but they are dictating how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. So for example, and I think there's many people that are familiar with fixed and growth mindsets. When we have a fixed mindset. This means that we are naturally mentally programmed at the current moment to see challenges and failure as things to avoid because they send a signal to us that that we are a failure if we were to fail. But when we have a growth mindset, we are mentally wired to see challenges and failures as things to learn from. And so depending upon our current wiring we non-consciously approach challenging situations differently. Those with the fixed mindset. They're inclined to back away from those challenges. That's just their their natural processing. Those with the growth mindset, when they see challenges, they're inclined to approach them. And that's their natural way of processing. And if we've got a group of 100 people in the room, about 50% are going to be more fixed. The other half are going to be more growth. And the 50% growth, Are going to naturally approach challenges. The 50% fix are naturally going to avoid that very same challenge. And they're unaware that they process their world differently. They may not understand what mindsets that they have. And so, one of the reasons why I love focusing on mindsets is because when we do this, we help people awaken to themselves at a level that's deeper than they've ever gone before. We're starting to make these previously non conscious mindsets become conscious to them. And as they become conscious to their mindsets, then they become empowered to do something about them, to change them if they need to. And as they shift their mindsets more towards the positive, they're going to unlock greater success across their life, their work, and their leadership.
0: So that's superb. And I think most people listening to this will be familiar with the terminology of growth mindset and fixed mindset. But due to your extensive time and research, you've taken it another level deeper, haven't you? And you found out some different dynamics to mindset. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So when I first started to come across research studies on mindsets and saw that they had powerful effects on how we think, learn and behave, my first question became, well, what mindsets do I need to have? (laughs) And I literally... I did what an academic shouldn't do, but I I did what most normal people do is I went to Google and I type in in Google, what mindsets do I need to have to be successful? And I start pulling up dozens and dozens of articles. And what I'm finding across all of these articles that I'm pulling up is that the vast majority of these articles aren't even talking about mindsets. They're talking about behaviors. And so this led me, okay, I, I really want to come up with an answer to this question. What mindsets do I need to have? And so I then went to the academic literature and I opened the floodgates just to try to find any study that is out there on mindsets. And what I found is that mindsets are being studied across psychology, education, management, and marketing, and they have been for the last 30 years. But across each of these different disciplines and domains, they've they've focused in on their own pet mindsets or their pet set of mindsets. And so what I've done in terms of my work is I've just pulled all of these different mindsets together into one framework. And so I focus on four different sets of mindsets. Each of these sets range on a continuum from negative to positive, which allows us when we, when, when we understand these different mindsets, it allows us to identify where we fall along each of these continuums. Are we on the more negative side? Or are we on the positive side? So where are we currently at? And where do we need to go in terms of shifting our mindsets to unlock greater success?
0: I never really thought about the concept of behaviors versus mindset, but they are completely different. And now you've just mentioned that you're incredibly right to point out that people do get behaviors and mindset mixed up, don't they? Behaviors is the effect of yep. a mindset, right? Yeah.
1: So behaviors is is largely driven by our mindset. So Uh, Let me give you another example here. If we've got a closed mindset, so this is another continuum that I focus on, a closed versus open mindset. If we've got a closed mindset, we generally think that what we know is best. And when we think that what we know is best, our primary focus becomes on being right. And when our primary focus is on being right, then that shapes our behaviors. We're going to be the one that's quick to provide answers. We're going to be the one that's quick to shut down others' ideas, particularly if they differ from ours, because we're going to be inclined to see these different perspectives and, and even disagreements as challenges and as threats. But if we foundationally have an open mindset, which means that we believe that we can be wrong instead of believing that what we know is best, our focus is no longer on being right. It's focused on finding truth and thinking optimally. And when our focus is on finding truth and thinking optimally, then our behaviors change. We shift from being the one that wants to provide all the answers to being the one who's asking all of the questions and inviting feedback, inviting new perspectives, because that's the only way that we're going to ensure that we're thinking optimally and that we're finding truth. And so this is just hopefully another example that paints the picture that our mindsets, our mental lenses that we wear, shape how we process in our world and shape how we behave in our world.
0: That's a great metaphor, those mental lenses that we wear, because that's you know how you would see then the world that's presented to you, right?
1: For sure. Do you care if I give another example that, that's been pretty powerful for me? Yeah, please do. Okay. So and this was originally introduced to me by uh one of Brene Brown's books, uh Rising Strong. And in her book, she asked the question: Do you think others in general are doing the best that they can? And and prior to reading this book, I'll be honest with you, my answer to that question would be no. I did not think that others would. We're doing the best that they can, and one of the places where I saw this in my life is when I would come a, come across a homeless person asking for assistance, and that's that's pretty common here in California, where I'm at. In fact, I I learned that half of the United States homeless population is in California, and so this means it's not too uncommon for me to pull up to the street corner and there's somebody standing there asking for assistance. Well. When I would see them as not doing their best, and this is a form of what I call an inward mindset, then I was really quick to be critical of them. That's how I would process this. I would think, what are you doing asking for my hard-earned money when you're just standing there? Why don't you do something more productive? And I, was le- I would be less inclined to help them or navigate that situation in a way that's aligned with my most ideal self. But when I read this book by Brene Brown, and it it led me to ask the question, what if I saw this person as doing the best that they can? And and as soon as I ask that question, are they doing the best that they can? I quickly grow empathetic because it leads me to ask another question. What in the world has happened in their life that has led them to believe that this is the best way to live? And so when I look at these homeless people through this new lens, I no longer am critical of them. I'm very sensitive to what's gone on in their life. And I'm much more inclined to help them and to navigate that situation closer to my ideal self. And and so this was a huge change for me. Just a small change in terms of how I saw them as not doing their best versus doing their best changed how I thought about them and how I behaved towards them. And I think the same thing goes with leaders. So we probably all had leaders who saw us as not doing our best, and we've had other leaders who see us as doing our best. And depending upon that lens that they looked through, shaped how they interacted with us.
0: Right. There's a very similar parallel I talk to my clients here, which is on the principle that every leader's action has a positive intent. Now, the landing of that action may be very different than is intended, but the, the intent is driven from a place of positivity, either for them or their organization. And it's the same principle with mindset, I guess, of what you just described.
1: No, for sure. And you bring up such a fantastic point because when across these four different sets of mindsets is there's desi- they are, there are desires that are associated with the negative mindsets and other desires that are associated with the positive mindset. Let me maybe, if I could just... Uh, let me give you four different desires and I'm going to pose the question to you, which is tell me if these desires are desires that society in general suggest are desires that we should have. Is that okay?
0: Go for it. All right. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay. So here's the four desires. And again, tell me if, if you think society suggests that we should have these desires. So they are a desire to look good, a desire to be right, a desire to avoid problems, and a desire to get ahead. Would you say that society suggests that
0: these are good desires? I would say that would be a fair assumption from what I observe, yeah. Right.
1: I mean, I I feel the same way. Because, I mean, these are very justifiable desires. Who wants to look bad, be wrong, have problems, and get passed up? Well, nobody does. But I think the kicker here is we need to ask ourselves the question, Where, When we have these desires, where is our focus? So if we're focused on looking good, being right, avoiding problems, and getting ahead, our focus is primarily on ourselves. And these are the four desires that are attached to the negative mindsets. And I think a lot of us get here because it's very easy to justify, and often because we just don't understand that there's higher-order desires to have. So on the positive mindset side, instead of having a desire to look good, we have a desire to learn and grow. Instead of a desire to be right, we have a a desire to find truth and think optimally. Instead of a desire to avoid problems, we have a desire to reach goals. And instead of a desire to get ahead, we have a desire to lift others. And... And across these two sets, on, on the negative side, when we have these self-focused desires, we're, we're in what I called self-protection mode. But when we shift over to the, to the other side, the more positive side, we move into what I call as organization advance mode, or contribution mode. And so what, what you said is that people act with intent, for either, for their own personal benefit. In the, when they're in self-protection mode, or for the betterment of the group around them in contribution mode. And if we can awaken to these fundamental mindsets and their their desires, then we could get a better sense of how we are operating, the quality of how we're processing. Are we in self-protection mode or are we in this organization advance or contribution mode? Does that make sense?
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. It makes loads of sense. It's filling lots of my thinking gaps as we're we're kicking this through. So it's great stuff. Within the research you've kicked around, you also stumble across and have called out promotion mindset and outward mindset. What does that refer to?
1: Yeah, let me start with this continuum that deals with prevention versus promotion. So on the prevention mindset side, this is when we have a desire to avoid problems On the promotion side, when we have a desire to reach goals and to make these ideas come to life, let me share an analogy. If we're a ship captain in the middle of the ocean and we have a prevention mindset, our number one focus is on not sinking. So we don't want any problems to occur. We don't want to take any risks. We don't want to rock the boat. And when we have this mindset and we see a storm coming towards us on the horizon, Because we don't want to end up in the bottom of the ocean, our natural inclination is to run from the storm and go to a place of safety. But we've got to ask ourselves, is that place of safety that we run to, maybe a harbor or a port, was that the destination that we originally set out for? Well, usually not. Well, those with the promotion mindset, on the other hand, when they're it's not that they're not concerned about sinking because they are but their focus is different their number one focus is on reaching a destination and on making progress towards it and so when the storm comes on the horizon rather than immediately run from it they ask themselves does this st- storm stand between me and where i want to go and if the answer is yes then they prepare to take on the storm and they become willing to take the risks of going towards the storm, braving the winds and the currents of the sea, because they know that that's the only way to get to the destination that they that they chose. And so, effectively, those with the prevention mindset end up going the course of least resistance, and they operate in a rather comfort focused way. As those with the promotion mindset that that become willing to do the difficult things to reach goals, and they're much more purpose centered. And
0: it's not about taking more risk or being maverick either, is it? It's just about being focused in one direction versus another, right?
1: For sure. I mean, I look uh, at—I don't have a a podcast myself, but I'm on a decent number of podcasts. I look at podcast hosts like yourself, and I'm thinking, man, why would somebody start a podcast? It is a lot of work to do it. I mean, if if I was going the comfort route, I. I would never start up a podcast. The only reason why I would start up a podcast is if that was one step in a larger destination that I, I'm seeking. That in order to get to that destination, starting up a podcast is maybe the most important thing that I can do. Now, I think every podcaster is a little bit different, but I w- whenever I'm I'm talking to somebody like yourself, I'm thinking. Man, this person has got to be promotion-minded because if they weren't, they would never start up a podcast. I don't know. Does that resonate with you? Yes, it does.
0: (laughs) It for sure resonates. So if we start to think about how our mindsets can help us, not only having the right mindset will help us unlock performance in what we do, but also there are some medical implications in having the right mindset too, aren't there?
1: There is. And this is where the science is super fascinating is not only does our mindset shape how we think, learn and behave, but it also shapes our the physiology of our body. Let me give you an example of a research study that was done. And so in this research study, they went to a group of financial professionals that were all stressed out. And this actually occurred near the last economic collapse about 10 years ago. And and they sh- broke these financial professionals into two groups. And they showed one group a three-minute video about how stress is debilitating. They showed another group a three-minute video about how stress is enabling. And these are both backed by science around stress. And then they tracked their engagement, their performance, and their blood pressure over the next two weeks. And... And after two weeks, what they found is that those who saw the stress is enabling video had higher engagement, higher performance, and lower blood pressure. So this is one of many studies that's showing that just how we see our world not only shapes how we think about our world and even behave in our world, but how our body actually processes our world. Pretty cool stuff.
0: Really fascinating research, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So if I'm a leader listening to this, and I'm thinking I have a bunch of people who uh, are in my charge who I want to support, grow, develop and mentor, how would I start that journey on evolving and helping them evolve their mindset?
1: Yeah, great question. And this is, I mean, it is a little bit tricky, because for most of us, we're not conscious of our mindsets. And when we're not conscious of our mindsets... One, that makes it difficult to introspect about them. Two is most people don't know what mindsets are even out there. I mean, when I ask groups, can anybody identify a mindset that they need to have to be successful? The two most common answers that I get is no answer or positive mindsets, which yeah. I think positive mindsets is a good answer, but it's also a really vague answer. And so when we don't even know what mindsets are out there, we don't have labels to mindsets. There's no way we're going to ever be able to introspect about. So if a if a leader in an organization wants to help their leaders or or employees to awaken to their mindsets, the most foundational aspects about themselves, I think the first thing that they need to do is they need to help them learn the language of mindsets. They need to put labels to mindsets and help them understand these different sets of mindsets. And that's one of the reasons why I love talking about this is because we're just giving people a language now that they could. it gives them the opportunity to introspect about their mindsets. And then in addition to that, and to hopefully help make it easier for folks is I've created a mindset assessment that people could take that... It's only 20 questions. It's free on my website at ryangofferson.com. But what what it does is after answering these 20 questions, they get results on the quality of their mindsets relative to 10,000 other people who have taken the mindset assessment. So not only does the results of of the assessment give them these labels and descriptions of the mindsets, it also helps them awaken to their current quality of their mindsets. And when we understand where we are, and we understand where we want to go in terms of shifting our mindsets, then we become empowered to get there. And and the the results also have uh, guidance on activities that people can engage in to activate and strengthen their mindsets so that they come to rely upon uh, their more positive mindsets as they go throughout their day-to-day lives.
0: And it's fair to say as well that mindsets will shift based on scenarios too, right?
1: Yeah, a great point. So how we have the mindsets that we have now, and I think it's interesting to point this out, that most of us probably just intuitively think that how we see the world is the best way to see the world. I mean, if, if we thought we could see the world in a better way, we would have done so already. And, and so so we've just got to, one, we've got to awaken to these different mindsets. And as we do so, as I mentioned, we become empowered to shift these to the positive. And so part of what shifts, shapes our mindsets is one, our life's experience up until now, and then two, the current culture in which we operate within. So if we are working in an environment that is highly competitive, we are going to be inclined to self-protect. If we are operating an environment that is very collaborative, we are going to be inclined to organization advance and to contribute. And so our mindsets are shaped by our environments, but we aren't at the mercy of those environments. So regardless of our circumstances, we can always be intentional about the mindsets we want to bring to those circumstances.
0: Got it. And therefore, I guess there is probably a propensity to have a certain kind of mindset that is almost like a core mindset. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. And and this is where I think, as we went through those four different desires on the negative side and the positive side, and we said that society suggests that that it's good to be focused on looking good, being right, avoiding problems, and getting ahead. I mean, society as a whole is is essentially incentivizing more of the negative mindsets. And I think that that's you know, one of the reasons why more people don't have positive mindsets. In fact, across the 10,000 people who have taken my mindset assessment, only 5% are in the top quartile for all four sets of these mindsets. So most of us have got some mindset work to do. Right. That's interesting and alone, isn't it? I suspect
0: those five percent that are in those top quartile are the ones that have high levels of self awareness who who practice being aware to their mindsets too.
1: Yeah, and that's what I found is as as I've talked to some of these folks that are there is one they've invested a lot in themselves and in deepening their self awareness. They seem to be consistent learners. Also, one of the things that I found is that these folks have generally. They either, either, or because of the world that they've shaped around them, they've, they've created a world around them that incentivizes these more positive desires. So if, if there's somebody, or if there's a context that's really draining on them, they, they realize the negative effect that that might have on their mindsets. And they try to get into a better place, a better state of mind. So they're generally much more intentional about the context and the environments that they, they, that they play within. And so one of the things that I found as I, as I do coaching with leaders is the leaders that have a tendency to have more of the negative mindsets, I, I, it's just part of an observation, is that those that have the more negative mindsets generally were raised in an environment where they didn't feel very safe. Those that have the more positive mindsets, they were generally raised in environments where they did feel safe. And that isn't to say that we, we can't shift our mindsets as we go older. It's just when we feel when we are in a safe environment, we are more inclined to take on the positive mindsets just naturally.
0: Right. So lack of safety equals more prevention. More safety equals more promotion. For sure.
1: Yeah. Because we feel this this liberty and this ability to to go beyond our current station, as opposed to just want to self-protect.
0: Got it. Yep. So now I'm going to turn the lens a little at you. And not only have you researched, spent lots of time thinking about leadership, we want you to think about leadership mindset hacks. So if you were to share your top leadership mindset hacks for our listeners, what would they be, Ryan?
1: Yeah, great question. I, I think the first place that I would do is I would I would take the mindset assessment. Um, The second one that I would do is, and let me just share with you a personal story on this is, and I think one of the reasons why I focus on mindsets is I probably need the mindset work just as much as anybody else. And as I look back on my adult life, I primarily had a prevention mindset is I was focused on just playing it safe. I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to take on any debt. And right about the time when I started to do my deep dive into the research on mindsets, I had a CEO, um, give me a book. And he says, this book is going to change your life. And the book is, is called the five minute journal. And, and I look at the title and I look at him and I, and I, I'm very gracious. I'm thank you very much for giving this book. But in my head, I'm thinking there is no way in hell I'm journaling. Like this is not going to (laughs) happen. Right. And so, I bring the book home and I open it up, and sure enough, it's just five minutes a day. In the morning, it's inviting me to ask three questions: What are three things that I'm grateful for? What are three things that would make today amazing? And fill in some self affirmations. And I decide I'll, I'll give this a shot. I'll I'll do it for two weeks, and if something happens, great. If not, I'll just toss it in the trash. And so I started doing this, and as Every day, as I answered that question, what are three things that would make today amazing? What that was doing was activating my promotion mindsets. And and as I did this repeatedly over time, my promotion mindset became stronger and stronger. And I became focused less and less on how do I just kind of make today go by easily? And more about how do I make today amazing? How do I make today better than yesterday? How do I make this week better than last week? And so after doing this for the course of several weeks, I felt the shift over to a promotion mindset. And as I made that shift, well, that's when I decided I want to start up my own consulting business. I want to start doing public speaking. I took on debt to start my business. And then I decided to write my book. And So if you would have asked me three years ago, if, if I would have ever thought that I would be having this conversation with you, talking to to a guy across the pond, and just having had a book that's hit the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller list, I would have said you're crazy. I don't see how that's ever a possibility. But that was only because I was looking at my world through a prevention mindset. As I shifted to to a promotion mindset, well, I started to think and operate in very different ways, uh, leading to us having this conversation. Mindset habits then. Yeah. So we, that, that's one of the keys. And if, if you take my mindset assessment for each of the different sets of mindsets, I identify different resources and activities that people can engage in. And if we could create a habit of activating and stimulating our positive mindsets, those will become the dominant mindsets that we rely upon as we navigate in our world.
0: Super next thing we want to kick around is what we call hack to attack. So this will be a time where things haven't worked out for you. Maybe it's something that's gone terribly wrong or it's been, or we've screwed up at it. We call it hack to attack, where we've used this as a lesson in our life and our work as a positive thing or a positive force for the future. What would be your hack to attack?
1: Yeah, great question. I- Early into my entrepreneurial venture, one of the things that I decided I wanted to try my hand at because I had seen other people who have been successful with this, and I, I wanted to create a, an online course. And so I decided to create a, it's somewhat of a quick and dirty online course just to kind of learn how to do it. And I, I soaked up a, you know, a fairly sizable amount of, of financial capital to invest in learning how to do this and and bringing it to life and. I brought it to life and I probably ended up selling only 10 courses, if that, right. So from the outside perspective, this was a colossal failure. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, and part of this is partly because I'm trying to take a growth mindset towards this is I didn't, I don't look at that situation as a failure because I look out back on that and I think, Oh, I'm so glad that I went through that experience because I learned a lot. I learned that I wasn't in the right position to create an online course. I learned what it takes to create an online course. I And I learned what I need to do to build a stronger foundation so that when I want to roll out an online course, it's much more successful. And so that was about 2 years ago. Fast forward till now is during the COVID-19 shutdowns is I've created an online course called High Octane Mindsets, which is designed to be the deepest and most comprehensive course on mindsets today. And it's designed to help people transform their lives to get unstuck and blast towards a brighter future. And so um, it, now I, I've just been rolling this out over the last couple of weeks. And now I'm in a position where where I'm much more successful because of the lessons that I had learned previously.
0: Super lessons to have and helping you in your work today. Yeah. So Ryan, the last thing we want to do is do a bit of time travel with you. And we affectionately take our folk back to bump into themselves metaphorically when they're 21. What would be the advice that you would give Ryan when he was 21?
1: Oh, man, I I could give a lot of advice. But the primary thing would be that you've got to focus on mindsets. I I mean, I vividly remember this experience when I was 21. And I set a New Year's resolution for myself that year. And the New Year's resolution was essentially to improve my social life. So I had just transferred over to a new university and I just wanted, I, I wanted to make more friends and have a more, more social experience. And all of the goals that I set for myself for my new year's resolutions were around behaviors. Here are the things that I'm going to do. Well, what I, what I was overlooking was my mindsets. And at the time I didn't have very positive mindsets. I had uh fixed Closed prevention and inward mindsets, and so while I I I felt like I tried really hard on changing my behaviors, but I I just didn't feel like it led to any positive results. And what I didn't realize at the time was, and I kind of gave up on goal setting because of this, because it was a really frustrating experience for me. And I, the reason why it was so frustrating is because I was overlooking mindsets that. I could change my or try to change my behaviors all day long. But if my prevailing mindset stayed the same, I'm going to continue getting the same results. And that a much more natural way of developing ourselves is to not focus on behaviors, but to focus on the underlying mindsets. And as we shift our mindsets forward, naturally, our thinking and our behavior and our success will follow. And so if I could go back to myself at 21, I would would say... Wake up to your mindsets and focus there in your personal development efforts because it's going to be so much more natural and so much more effective. And that, that it's not going to be as, as a frustrating experience as what you tried to do really was.
0: Great advice. And you have certainly stirred my mindset today. So I'll be heading over to take that assessment. Let me tell you for sure. All right. Now, focus been listening to this. So those with a growth open promotion, mindset, will be thinking, how can I find out more about the work that Ryan's doing at the moment? Where would you like to find out a little bit more about what you're doing? Uh,
1: the best place to go is my website. So that's ryangotfordson.com. There you'll find information uh, where you, you can take the mindset assessment for free. You'll I find information about my book. I have a bunch of promotional giveaways associated with my book. You can learn about my online course. I've also got a tool that's called a Digital Mindset Coach which taps into the neuroscience behind mindsets to help people shift their mindsets more towards the positive. So a whole bunch of resources that are there to help people awaken to and strengthen their mindsets. Uh, So that's the best place. Second best place is probably LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, would be happy to do so.
0: Super. And we'll also put the links to the Mindset Assessment, your website, and indeed to uh, the book Success Mindsets in our show notes as well. Perfect. Ryan, it's been super chatting to you today. And it's been really thoughtful. You've stimulated huge amounts of thinking in me, and I'm sure that's the case for our listeners too. So I just wanted to say on behalf of the Leadership Hacker Podcast, thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on and thanks for being willing to dive into mindsets.
0: I genuinely want to say a heartfelt thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in too. We do this in the service of helping others and spreading the word of leadership. Without you listening in, there would be no show. So please subscribe now if you haven't done so already. Share this podcast with your communities and network and help us develop a community and a tribe of leadership hackers. And finally, if you'd like me to work with your senior team, your leadership community, keynote an event or you would like to sponsor an episode please connect with us via our social media and you can do that by following and liking our pages on twitter and facebook our handle there is at leadership hacker instagram you can find us there at the underscore leadership underscore hacker and at youtube we're just leadership hacker so that's me signing off i'm steve rush and i've been the leadership hacker